Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. How many are thankful for God's promises today? Amen. says it's so in the book of 1 Corinthians, but we're not going there right now today. Psalm 24 says this, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. So lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle, lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he? He's the King of glory. The Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory. Amen? Our series has been called The Wall, talking about the walls that separate us, sometimes walls that are built with intention or some without. But over the time can become so big that we can't see what's on the other side. And how can we be a generation of people with clean hands and a pure heart seeking the face of God when walls exist? Two weeks ago, Pastor Pat opened up our series and spoke about the importance of having clean hands and a pure heart. Sometimes on the exterior, we can wash our hands but not deal with the heart issue. He spoke of when David went to retrieve the Ark of the Covenant from the Philistines and how it didn't go the way David thought. David thought he was doing such a good thing, but when Uzzah reached out to protect the Ark from falling off the cart, what happened? The Lord struck him dead. As a result, a wall was built between David and the Lord. He got mad and he didn't complete the project. But once David recognized he was wrong for the way that he handled the ark or the presence of the Lord, right? He tore down the wall of his heart and followed God's plan. Pastor went on, he closed by bringing it to Jesus and the wall that existed between us and God via the curtain of the Holy of Holies and having it ripped down. When Jesus went to the cross for us, how many are thankful that that curtain is gone today? By this, now we have access. We have no walls between us. We can go straight to the Father through Jesus Christ. I stand here thankful for that today. Truly, I do. Last week, Reverend Barry continued the topic by showing us some of the divisions that we create in our own lives, our jobs, our church, etc., And he had bricks for everyone to take time to write down our concerns, 
the troubles that affect our personal lives, as well as issues that we've created as walls even in the church. He highlighted statistics that show how we've become and come from different backgrounds, which have shaped us into our, our different generations. Every generation is different, amen? Started with the traditionalists. They're dedicated, hardworking, motivated by respect and security, working just to have a livelihood. And now, because they work so hard, looking for balance in their lives after dedicating so much time to their work. Baby boomers, driven, workaholics, desiring to be valued and needed, working for status, motivated by money. They live to work, sacrificing balance in their lives. The Gen Xers, this is me, balanced and focused. Hmm. What's everybody laughing at? Self-reliant, but wanting structure and direction, but doing it their own way. Hmm. Forget the rules. Desiring freedom and to take time off. I do like time off. I will give you that. But work to live, desiring balance in all areas of life. And I agree with that. Our millennials, ambitious, multitasking, entrepreneurial, love to work with creative people. Love time off. We'll sacrifice promotion for family time and lifestyle. Now I'm going to throw one more in here that Barry didn't use last week, and this is Generation Z. This is my kids and younger. This is the true digital age. Multitaskers. Looking to be secure and have stability. But studies have shown that they will move seamlessly between organizations and startups. There's a lot of startup stuff going on in this generation, isn't there? With all these generations, each of us can look at the other and say, boy, they don't get it, do they? Anybody ever said that before? You said it, Brother Murray. I heard, no, I'm just kidding. The problem can be for each of us that each generation can think they're right all the time. Instead of seeing things from a different perspective. And we're continually trying to fix people. Anybody agree with that? I heard a little bit of amen, so okay. I've got to thinking about these different perspectives of walls and how they have different purposes. You know, many walls were built to fortify cities, to protect them from their enemies. And in the process, I couldn't help but think of the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was working in the court of Artaxerxes when his brother came looking for him, and he told Nehemiah, about how the walls of Jerusalem were crumbling and the trouble that surrounded. So Nehemiah received permission from the king to return to Israel and to rebuild the walls to protect his people. While doing so, they faced trouble and ridicule and often had to fight with one hand and work with the other. Seems crazy, doesn't it? Nevertheless, Nehemiah was not deterred. And his tenacity helped the Israelites to finish the wall, which led them to repentance and to turn to God 
Once again, in, you know, in today's world, we don't have these walls that protect our cities. But we do have homes with walls that protect us from the elements of weather. That keep us from uh, having intruders. Hopefully we have locks on our doors. To get us a sense of security and safety. And these walls are necessary, aren't they? But sometimes we can do the same thing in our personal lives and our corporate lives. We build walls to keep people out, which becomes a real problem. Walls we build between each other can blind us from what's going on around us. We can't see the other side. And similarly, like David, the walls we build between us and God can have grave impact on our lives. We can't see what God is doing in our own life or someone else's life because of the huge wall that is built. We can go years and years holding on to grudges, being frustrated and the like. In the book of Exodus chapter 32, we see where Moses went up on the mountain to talk to God. And what happened? The people got quickly frustrated with Moses and God, so to speak, building a wall between them. And they decided to take matters into their own hands and build a golden calf to worship. When Moses returned, he was ticked, as well as God, right? And Lord said to Moses, your people are corrupt, even calling them a stiff-necked people. But let me pick it up here. In verse 19, when Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned and he threw the tablets, the Ten Commandments, out of his hand, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf the people had made and burned it in the fire. And then he ground it into powder, scattered it in the water, and made the Israel's, Israelites drink it. And he said to Aaron, what did these people do to you that you led them into such great sin. He said, don't be angry with me, my Lord. You know how prone these people are to evil? These are the people of Israel we're talking about. They said to me, make us a God who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. So I told them, whoever has gold jewelry, take it off. And they gave it to me, the gold, and I threw it into the fire and out came this calf. Hmm. And Moses saw that the people were running wild and that Aaron had led them, let them get out of control. And what? So became a laughing stock to their enemies. They became a laughing stock to their enemies. When we grow impatient with God, we can easily take matters into our own hands, can't we? And essentially build a wall between us and God. It can be fear. It can be frustration. We can feel emptiness. God hasn't responded as quick as I wanted him to. And that can happen so much so. And we can take it so far and ultimately become a laughingstock to our enemies. And this could be, again, individually or corporately as a body. How much of this can be said of us as Christians today? 
when the world looks at us. Sometimes we're running around in fear and wondering what's going on in the world. We throw up our hands. And then we start spouting off on social media. Gossiping about our leaders. Appearing that we have no trust or knowledge that the Lord is in control. Ultimately, we become a laughingstock to our enemies. So what do we do? We must learn to trust the leaders whom God has set before us. I'll say it again. We must learn to trust the leaders that God has set before us. Do we still believe that God sets up leaders? Now, I'm not going to talk about our country or make this political at all today. As a matter of fact, let's just talk about the kingdom of God and his church. This is one of the things I believe that has gotten muddled in the church. It's that we look at the church the same way that we look at our country. We look at it as a democracy. What is a democracy? Glad you asked that question. A system of government by the whole population or all the eligible members of the state, typically through elected representatives. Now, we all know what a democracy is because we live in one and we voted in our officials into leadership, right? Not so the church. The church is a monarchy. What is a monarchy, you say? I'm glad you asked. It is a form of government with a monarch at the head. It's a sovereign ruler. Ephesians 1 says this, that power is the same as the mighty strength he, being God, exerted when God raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, Okay, excuse me, I did something. I got things coming up on my screen. I touched something. Forgive me. I'm getting to it. It jumped down way on me. And every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things. He placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the, for the church. Christ is over the church. We didn't vote him in, did we? There's only one who could put him in charge, and that is his Father, God Almighty. So we don't have a say when it comes to God's authority. Furthermore, when we question it, we're questioning God and his authority. We need to trust God and his appointments. I don't believe I've read in the word when God entertained the opinions of the believers about who should do what or be in what position. I guess with exception, when the Israelites were crying about, we don't have a king, they got Saul. And look what happened. God is the sovereign ruler and sets things in order 
according to his plan. And what? He does it well. Does anybody agree with me today? Amen. Consequently, though, we've got to act like it. Now, I know there are times, whether it's been Brother Jim, Pastor Don, or Pastor Pat, when we feel the need to let the pastor know how we feel. You know, sometimes that really is constructive, and it wanted, and it is helpful. But other times, it's not. Here's my suggestion, and it's a suggestion. I'm not the pastor of this church. Let's make sure that when we're going to make a suggestion or something, that we pray about it first. And be sure without the shadow of a doubt that what we're contributing is what the Lord would have us to contribute. Pastor Pat does not need to know all of our opinions. Turn the lights up on that one. (laughs) He doesn't need to be the person we want him to be. You know what he does need to be? He needs to be the person who God has appointed for this hour. And so many times our opinions can begin to be walls that we build. And we need to check that because it stops us from seeing what God is doing and what is going on in the church. Romans 13 says this, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. Now you see, I'm not the one saying this. And those who do so will what? Bring judgment on themselves. I'm guilty of it. God, forgive me. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. How many want to be commended? Wow, I thought everybody's hand would be up for that. You want to be commended? I do. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. How many are thankful for that? Hebrews 13 goes on to say this in verse 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Verse 17 goes on to say, have confidence in your leaders. Submit to their authority because they do what? Watch over you as those who must give an account. We need to think about that. Do this so that their work will be a joy and not a burden, for that would be no benefit to you. We need to remember that we are as responsible to Pastor Pat as much as he is to us. In the kingdom of God, he has been set by God to be our spiritual leader. The sovereign monarch has set his leaders in place. 
And God has called us to this flock. Consequently, we have to respect the authority which God has set in place. I will say often, sometimes it can be this, this can be the case, the struggle, forgive me, for an older generation is to submit to authority for those who are younger. While younger generations may struggle because they're sick of being told what to do and may want to live their own lives. So you know what? All of us, young and old, it starts with us. A generation seeking God. And we need to respect authority and trust our leaders. And we also need to be people who love one another. Can we stop trying to make people be who we want them to be and allow the work of the Holy Spirit to take place. If I may for one moment, can I speak to the older generation? And I ask you, please, please reach out to the younger generation and let them know you care. As Pastor Barry said last week, things may not look, sound, or feel the way you're used to or prefer, but let's look beyond and see them for who they are. Let's shake their hands. Let's find out their name. Because sometimes they can teach us a few things. We need to get to know them, though. Younger generation, may I speak to you for a minute? I'm a kind of a tweener these days. I just celebrated another birthday, and I'm right in the middle there. So I don't know if I'm speaking to myself or not. I I don't have a tweener generation here. <laughs> but younger generation, I'd like you to consider. You listening? While technology in many ways has changed the way we live today, don't think for a minute that the older generation is completely irrelevant and doesn't understand what you're going through. Life experience has taught them and brought them through many tough and trying times. Any older generation can agree with that today? And some may even be able to say, I know what you're going through because I was there myself. The things that you may be going through today. So I say, listen. Respect those who are older. And know a thing or two about life. How many are with me today and say, let's work together? Amen. Listen to this scripture from 1 Peter that gives us wisdom of the elders and the church, of the church and the youth. 1 Peter 5 says this, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and witness of Christ's sufferings who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that are under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over the, those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. 
And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the clown of, crown of glory. Clown, excuse me. Crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your leaders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Because what? God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. As I said earlier, Reverend Barry had us fill out these bricks last week, and I've got a few with me here today. And I've read these throughout the week. These bricks are filled with hurt and pain that have built troubled, troubled walls. This morning, I'd like to get rid of these things. These thoughts, these troubles. Let's put them behind us. And as a symbol this morning of the pride, the pain, the hurt, the guilt, I say, let's get rid of them. When we build walls, it's like we're walking in the dark. We can run into walls and we can have trouble. And the only way we're going to move forward is to get rid of these. Will you pray with me? Father God, I stand here today. God, I stand truly humbled before this congregation. And I say that sincerely because, God, I don't think I'm better than anybody in this room. Lord, the fact that I'm standing here as opposed to somebody else is, quite frankly, in my mind, a miracle. But God... I have to accept your appointments. Just as all of us here today. Lord, in so many times we've built walls in opposition and in a fight. Lord, not only in the church, but in our personal lives. And so many have brought these bricks down last week and said, I, I want to be done with the pride. I want to be done with the jealousy. I want to be done with the anger. I want to be done with the fight. God, the walls that separate us, I want to be done with these things. So God, as a body, as a party of believers sitting in this room today, God, we just surrender ourselves to you. God, forgive us for telling you how things need to go. God, forgive us for the gossip, for the backbiting. Help us, God, an older generation, a younger generation. 
God, whether it's reaching across the aisle or taking an extra step, whatever it is, God, Lord, that you would mend us as one, as we read in the scripture, a generation, one generation, seeking your face, O God of Jacob. God, we want to be that people that ascend your hill with clean hands. And not just clean hands on the outside, but what's on the inside, a pure heart. God, and I know a lot of these things don't go away overnight. This is going to be work. But like Nehemiah, we're going to rebuild. Lord, not to fortify our city so that no one can get in. But God, so that we can be a strong tower for you. And that, God, is us, the people, working together. Lord, I thank you that we can come together the way that we have today. I thank you for being in this place today. Lord, for what you've done and what you're yet going to do. Lord, and as this symbol of we burn these bricks today, God, I pray that we would not carry them with us as we leave today. For it's in Christ Jesus' name we pray. And all together, if you believe that and hold to that, say amen.